hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland. I am your co-host, Brian Brown. As always, Mike, we're in the you B.B. Sound, McKinney studios. You sound chipper. Today. You know, uh, I've got a pinched nerve in my neck, <laughs> uh, too much information for the audience, but I'm trying to overcome it with positive attitude. Positive attitude. I need some uh, muscle relaxants so if anyone that, has any. Yeah, that, that would be fun to record some <laughs> podcasts with you on muscle relaxants. Yes, I think I've got a muscle spasm, but the audience yeah. doesn't need to know that. They Mike. don't need to know it. No, so if I'm going to forget that that happened. I do not. The grimace on your face is yes. not in your voice. No, good, good. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, we're back again to talk about a topic that I know a lot of churches use committees for important tasks. Sure. And we're talking today about specifically a search committee. If your yep. look, church is looking for a new worship leader, a lot of churches, I would say the majority of churches, yep. would form a search committee of some form, and it has different forms. Some might even so hire an outside. About, let's talk about that a little bit, because because the variety of how churches do this yeah. is much more than what it used to be 30 years ago. I oh. mean, I sound like the old man now, but way back in the day, it was almost always a search committee. They would be called that. Certainly and, in, uh, the, in the Baptist tradition, that was true. That was how many Baptist churches do it. And yeah. we serve a lot of different kinds of churches at we Lifeway. Do. So we know not all churches are Baptist, maybe non-denominational or another denomination. But So different denominations may approach this differently. But... But today in 2020, man, this is this. I hear five different churches talking about how they're doing this, and it may be five different methods to do this. And I think what we're trying to go after today is maybe record something that a committee might listen to together. Maybe a pastor could listen to this, or yeah. uh, leaders of a church listen to it, and just be maybe if we can help them think through some of the big questions they need to be thinking through as they're in the process of finding a leader for their music ministry. Yes, and you and I have sat in front of search committees, both of us, many times. Yes, we and, have. And taken the questions, and then we know what it's like to go through the process of being evaluated, but we also uh, you know, have the experience of doing the job. And, yep. and, and so it's a little bit like, I think a lot of people will say, uh, you know, my in college, I studied a bunch of stuff that really didn't apply to the real world. Yeah. And maybe yeah. this is advice to a worship search committee, worship leader search committee to say, man, I, I love questions one through four, but questions six through 10 need to just be off your list. And you forgot about questions 10 through 15. Exactly. You know? And then and then the other thing that happens too, and this is something that's more common today. And I want to call out just one aspect of this right here at the beginning is that it's very common today for churches to use a search firm. Professional firm, All right, yeah. so is that a Larger is, churches, is yeah. that a good idea? Is it a good idea for a church to get in touch with a search firm to assist in a process like this? It's a great question. And then there are other churches where the senior pastor himself makes the choice by himself, That's it. picks the person, does all the phone calls, does all the interviews, yeah. Uh, and then presents the person to a, maybe a group of lay people or a personnel committee who might review the pastor's choice, but the pastor makes the choice basically unilaterally himself. So you've got yep. uh, the extreme of one church who literally gets in touch with someone they don't know that does a search firm right. who Outs collects resumes and all that stuff yep. and does a lot of the groundwork for them. On the other end of that is a senior pastor who does mm -hmm. it completely by himself. What's what's the right way to do it, Brian? 
Yeah, well, there are some <laughs> some of it is the policy of your denomination. There are some denominations where the staff works for the senior pastor, sure, uh, or the lead elder of the church, and then there are others that are more committee. committee so, in uh, in those driven, kind so. of situations, obviously, the senior pastor would be Correct. intricately involved. Yeah. I know other churches, and I've got friends that have done it this way, where the pastor would say, "Oh Lord, no, I don't want right. to. I don't want to make thing that decision. I need to be involved. In. Last thing I need to be in. I wouldn't want to make that choice. I I really would trust my leaders to be a, do a better job of that than me. Yeah." Than me, and I know pastors that fit into that category. R- regardless of all that, here let's just throw out two or three thoughts right at the beginning. Is regardless of of how involved your pastor, the senior pastor, might be in the selection process, the senior pastor has to be part of this process, and that is defining the role itself. Yes, I think one of the most important things every church needs to do is define the role of what this person is going to be doing because it will determine the skill set, the personality, the disposition, the academic background or educational background, the level of, of, of experience, all of those factors that will help hone in on the right candidate um, are going to be determined by what it is you define the role to be. Yeah, and it's a very great point, Mike. And a lot of times it's hard for committees or church people or even sometimes leaders to know uh, until they start to see the deficiencies. But I think it's a great time to evaluate what do we expect our worship leader to do is when you have a vacancy. No question. Now's the time to look. What is it we the last guy didn't do we wish he was doing? Uh, what is it that he did that we, w- we wish he wouldn't do? We can't do? live without. What is it that we've yeah. already got people that can cover? Yeah. And, and, and people all too often do not take the time to really evaluate what are the expectations for this role. All right, so that's, that's critical. And you know what? great word. Leader to leader. It can change. No doubt. Uh, a church, I, I, I've always had this mantra. This may be oversimplification, but I would tell a church, find who God intends for you to have that as you generally understand what the responsibility is, find the person and then allow the specific skill set, experience, um, uh, qualities and capabilities of that person round out the edges of what their role is going to be. I mean, if you bring somebody in who happens to be amazing and amazingly gifted in a particular area, then when they get there, watch them flourish in that area of their capability. But if you arbitrarily try to define it down to the last minutia of what this person is going to do, you may have a very, very difficult time finding the person that can do everything the way you want it done. No doubt about it, Mike. And you might even miss the, some of the capability that the person who comes might actually have. Yeah. So so a general understanding of the role. And I'll give right. you, I'll, I'll throw out a couple of, of the variables here. Maybe this person in your uh, the economy of how your staff leads your church needs to have a pastoral disposition because they're going to be ex- expected to relate to the congregation the way a pastor would, which means they're going to be doing uh, ministry visits and they're going to be uh, uh, doing some some ministerial counseling, not not counseling in the formal sense, but ministerial counseling and spiritual advising. And, and they're going to be expected to walk through family crisis with families that are going through maybe a death in their family or maybe an illness or sickness or whatever. And this person is going to have a shepherding and pastoral role 
that is that is pastoral nature. Well, they may be the most brilliant musician in the world, yes, but not have that. Right. And then you might be setting that that new person up for a tremendously difficult uh, assignment because yes. they're not gifted in that way. Um, and then musically, you've got to d- decide. You know, our choirs are an essential part of our church's DNA. You could make that. You could you could decide that in the beginning. So the last thing you want to do is bring someone in who has absolutely no idea what to do with a choir. Or if you do bring a person in that you believe is the right person but doesn't have the choir chops, you've got to address it somehow. No you're, doubt. You're not being fair. If you, yeah. if you ask this guy to come in and do choir the way his predecessor did it, if this person is not equipped to do that. Yeah. The illustration, um, Mike, that pops into my head is probably because the Titans finished one game short of the Super Bowl this right. year. Yeah. But it's much like when you're drafting a quarterback, there's two questions. One, one who's available in the draft? Yeah. If, if the only people available or the best players available are running mobile quarterbacks and you've got a pocket passing team, you've got to ask yourself, do yeah. we change the team to get that great player? Or do we go down the list in the draft and get a pocket passer because it better fits our system? Yeah, it's the a, same kind of a thought that a church process a church has to go through. Look at the skill set of the individuals that God's sending your way. And then decide to yourself, can we change the way we do things here? Is that the right thing? This person's the right fit for our church. So we're going to change. We're going to hire a choir guy because we want this guy so bad, even though he's not a choir guy, we know he's the right fit for our church. God is. So we're going to hire a, a separate role. Or do we say, no, nah, you know what? If he's not a choir guy, then he's not the right fit for exactly. our church. Exactly. And, and I think the committee ought to have those conversations before they ever look at the first resume. Because if you are doing that on the fly, yeah. uh, it that, that conversation gets really, really... Uh, questionable because the qualities and the personality of this person you could get very very attracted to and at the end of the day they might not even have the skill set that your church really wants this person to have and before long you've you've called a person to your staff that that doesn't even fit the dna of your church and the pastor going back to the pastor regardless of how involved they are in the process has got to be at the table when you start setting uh, those kinds of expectations of what is this person? They're going to be pastoral. They're going to be spiritual. Are they on one church? I served Brian. They considered the role of minister of music, associate pastor of music was the title. They considered that role to be what they called before long before I got there, executive staff. Well, yeah. executive staff was like four people in this. And we had, a, by the way, this was a very large church with a huge staff, but there were only four people on the executive staff. The pastor was one of those. And the executive staff made many, many, many philosophical and spiritual and directional decisions on behalf of the entire church. And many of those had nothing to do with music and worship. But I was uh, in that role. I was on the executive staff. So I had to have a church leader mindset that transcended just music ministry. I had to be able to think like an associate pastor would think, and even in some cases like the way the pastor would think. And and if I had not been predisposed to that, a person that was a music-only person that really didn't have a ministry mindset or a shepherding mindset or a pastoral mindset would have been very 
uh, ill-placed in a setting where they were serving on an executive ministerial yeah. staff. Yeah, your ability to play a, an acoustic guitar is not going to help you. It's not going to help you in <laughs> they, that meeting those kind you know, of decisions when you're looking the at the relocation decision. That, all <laughs> no right, doubt. so I know we got to take a break, and you're going to lead us into that. Yeah. But but here, the, i got to recap the first thing is yeah. your committee needs to spend. And by the way, that's not one meeting. Right. It's not two meetings. Right. It may be four months of, of long meetings for you to get your hand around what is this role and what exactly is it that this person uh, need to be able to do in order to fit in our church well. It's great. Where We are going to take a quick break here, and there's going to be a special offer in the break, so you're going to want to listen for that. You don't want to miss the break, but when we come right back, we're going to get back into this conversation advice for the search committee for the worship leader uh, search for your church. We'll be right back. Hey listeners, Tim Henning here, a.k.a. The Red Box Guy. Now I know you know about the Red Box Choral Club, but today I want to tell you about LifeWayWorship.com. If you haven't visited LifeWayWorship.com lately, I want to encourage you to check it out. You'll find all kinds of congregational music at this site, including charts where you can choose your key, a dynamic search feature that lets you pick topics or verses, awesome worship sets for Easter and other holidays, and so much more. Oh, and if you use Planning Center online, you can actually press a button and your music will instantly be uploaded to Planning Center. And hey, as a thank you for visiting, we're giving you five free downloads at LifeWayWorship.com. Just use the promo code podcast 20 that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t-2-0 at checkout to receive your five free downloads worth up to two dollars and fifty cents each remember the code is podcast 20 now let's rejoin brian and mike all right, we're back. The Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan. Mike, we're talking about advice for search committees, and you've probably sat in front of as many search committees. You might oh, probably have been on some search committees uh, for yeah, a worship leader of a church. different things, yeah. And so uh, we're, we're talking about things that uh, um, a search committee ought to consider, whether it's it's should we hire an outside search firm uh, or we're the search firm ourselves, we're the search committee, what, what advice would we give them? So first, we, we talked extensively in the first segment about defining the role. And but what, so are, what, what are some other uh, things uh, you would working with the pastor? Well, and also you mentioned this a minute ago, but um, it at the at a perforation point in leadership is also a time when some churches will actually evaluate. Hey, is this is this when we make a change in how we do what we do? Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that a church does that in an interim time. Because leadership is so critical to any change in ministry. Mm, If you're going to make a change in the music ministry of your church, I'm going to give this word of caution to the search committees that may be listening to this, is be very careful that you presume a change would be made by your next leader. Because your next leader, it, it takes a long time to earn the credibility to make changes. That's right. So if you if you bring in, in a leader under the with the understanding that they are here to change something, mm. oh my Lord, have That's mercy! Did you see you that shiver? I just that just yeah. went up my spine. You because, put a scarlet letter on oh it. Really, my the, gosh, the big you, contemporary C or the whatever it is. You know. So so. The person that's on the committee sitting there listening to this right now, who's had it in the back of their minds, this is our chance to change everything. Yeah. I want to I, I want to just ask you to bow your head, <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> no one looking around. No one looking around <laughs> and, and rethink that a little bit. Yeah. Because change rises and falls on the, the strength and the qualities and the investment of a leader 
and a new leader that has the mantra of changing something when they walk in mm. is in a very, very hard and difficult place, and they're going to be expected to do something. As a matter of fact, if you start looking for a leader to lead a ministry that is not already at your church, you are increasing exponentially the odds of bringing someone in that's not going to be a great fit. Yeah. Uh, because they, you are you are thinking aspirationally of what they might be able to do someday if they were completely uh, credentialed as a leader, and they are not going to walk. They're going to walk in with a little bit of credibility, but they're not going to walk in with enough yeah. credibility to make the kinds of changes that are wholesale. And yeah. and that's where the pastor comes in. Yes, the pastor really becomes the change agent in a, in a situation like that. And I would say. Uh, it's a longer podcast, probably, uh, that just that one subject, but be very cautious thinking about your new leader coming to be a change agent. Yeah. It is a dangerous thing Mike, I would give a shout out here to the new president of Lifeway who we've had yep. on the podcast before. Um, a guy who has come in, a young guy full of energy and great ideas, uh, but rather than immediately grabbing the wheel and, yeah. and steering it in a different direction. And listen, there were some things that needed to be changed, uh, you know, for sure. I mean, some some really, he, he came in and we were right in the middle of just having made some really, really crucial decisions. But but he chose to, to spend a great great deal Absolutely. of time learning from the yeah, organization. And learn. that's great advice. Even if you're intent, even if you're brought in and the pastor and the search committee th- thinks they want to go in a new direction, uh, I, I think doing that immediately would be a massive mistake. And, and I think I would the say, new leader would have to build up some credibility yeah, over time it's a to lead that change. It's a different podcast too, but I would say to that new leader coming in is, is you better be very careful f- with the feeling that I am here to fix everything. No doubt about it. And that. if you come into this... I'm here to fix something, mm. uh, man. You could really make some early mistakes that would, could cost you years of credibility. I wonder if people are um, hearing the experience that you. <laughs> see, oh my Mike gosh. and I are talking about this because we've yeah, done it. <laughs> we, we've done it, and we I've done this, and I'm we've not here made to f- these mistakes. I think the the best disposition of a new leader is yeah. to walk in and say, "I'm here to learn." Yeah, I'm here yeah. to learn something. I'm here to to uh, find out who you are and what God's doing. And humility uh, is critical. Be lear- you better be a learner before you're leader uh and especially if you're if you're thinking you're going to be a change agent so know the role yeah uh thoroughly i mean you need to spend hours and hours as a committee understanding this role and what your church needs it to be even if you're going to hire an outside search firm don't make that call until you've got don't this even stuff make figured that call. out you don't know what to tell oh, the search committee Lord, when you for. start when they start yeah. and you know what a search firm this is one of the things they can help you with is they can help you ask some of the questions you need to ask right because they've worked to with so many other churches and they there there's some really good people and godly people that know how to ask those questions so that is one of the roles a search firm can help but i venture to say in many many of our church settings they're going to be strong feelings on the ministerial staff particularly in the pastor's office mm-hmm. about what this role needs to be and yeah. and i hope uh, people take the time to re- put it on paper and make it as as complete as you can possibly make it. That's good. So, what other advice would you give Mike to the pastor and pastor, the worship pastor search committee? Well, the I music would I committee? would say, and this this is going to sound like Captain Obvious talking here, <laughs> but you, I, I I see churches make this mistake sometimes. And remember, remember that the process you are in is a spiritual one, not a musical one. Mm. That's a good. Word. It is a spiritual one. Yeah. So if you're going, if you're in a spiritual process, you've got to uh, do the process in a spiritual way. So this committee, number one, watch this. Uh, this kind of 
this back up. Who do you put on a search committee? Yeah. Well, well some people think, question. okay, he's a band director, put him on, or she's a music teacher, put her on the, yeah. you know, they the, put the musicians on it. And I want to tell you, the musicians are not who you need uh, necessarily yeah, on times. the search committee. Uh, who you need are somebody that knows how to pray, mm. somebody that knows how to listen to God, somebody that is spirit led, that's in tune with the word, that has a, has a discerning spirit about yeah. them, that has the ability to sit down and ask great questions and have a feel for the spiritual vitality and health of an individual that you might be considering. I mean, I've seen churches, I've, I've seen churches do this for years, like the finance committee. We just, well, he's a CPA. Let's put him on there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. tell you what. We don't need finance committees that are loaded with CPAs. We right. need finance committees that uh, about people that understand spiritual and biblical yeah. stewardship. Yeah. It's not <laughs> a know? musical process, and it's yeah. not a business process. It's not, We've got some great business people in our churches, but too often it's, it's just so easy to default. Well, this is how we do a search for a candidate at, at company A, B, C, and D. And you're right, Mike. You I, when lose you, all so, the spiritual part of so the process. when you're when you're putting the committee together, hopefully you're thinking of people who have a real keen sense of worship and what it is and what it should feel like and how it works. You need some practical skills on the committee, but you can also go outside the committee and consult people that are musical. You could Correct. you could you could bring in a, a person that's on the outside that has the musical perspective that you need to have. Does this guy have the chops? You know, there are people uh, I think about the role that I have sometimes. I'm not baiting churches to do this. I don't have time to do it very often, but it's not unusual for me to get a phone call from a search committee of a church or a pastor of a church. Help us know what What's the musical skill set we're looking for? And you can ask a state music leader in the Baptist State Convention organizations across our country if you happen yes. to be in a Baptist church, or or maybe a, a minister of music or worship leader of a church in your area that you know has, understands the, the musical skill set. You can make one phone call and get a sense of what's a good resume going to look like. Again, a search firm might be helpful in this regard. Those people that are consultants for search firms uh, are people that have uh, musical awareness, and they would be able to, you know, like somebody like me, uh, I could look at a guy's experience and his education and give you a really good idea of whether or not he likely would have the musical chops that he needs. Yeah. So you, you don't have to have those people all be on your committee. There are, there are places you can go and people you can ask to assess that. But remember as a committee that the one of the smartest things and, and great things your committee can learn how to do is learn how to pray about this together and pray about it individually and create a spiritual process of discerning who it is that God is raising up to be a spiritual leader uh, because if you if you just have a search committee of a bunch of musicians, you can go out and find somebody that's capable yes. musically. Yes. But if they're not spiritually prepared for the responsibility and the role as you understand it to be for your church, they could blow your your church up in a year's time. Yes. Uh, because and they could have all of the musical chops. Uh, that 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 you could ever want. So you've got to make the process first and foremost spiritual. Think of music as a language. Yeah. Think of it as a language and think, okay, we want a person to lead this ministry with these qualities. And when it's right, then you can say, okay, do they speak the language? And that's a separate 
thing you yeah, evaluate. Think, Mike, if you were starting uh, a Hispanic service in your church, right. let's say, well, let's just find anyone that speaks Spanish to be the pastor. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. kind of how we do with music sometimes. Sometimes we Anybody can. who's, and their level of, of, of expertise in the skill, the specific skill of music, and, and we forget about the fact that we're, what we're asking to be is a worship leader, a music pastor. So if you were going to list, if you were, and I would ask, I would encourage every member of the committee, start writing out on a legal pad or on a, a, a Word doc on your computer. Start typing out questions as they come to mind of things yeah. you'd really like to know. Doesn't mean you'll ever ask those specific questions, but these are the kinds of things I want to know and divide them into categories. Say spiritually, I want to know this. Musically, I want to know mm-hmm. this. Um, ministry experience wise, I'm curious if they've ever done this, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you can you can begin to formulate a, a, a kind of a template of the kinds of things that you want to ask uh, your potential leaders to do and and the kinds of questions you want to ask and and don't free will those write them out have a really good sense you might even I know one church that has all of their people they might be interviewing to fill out questions in written form yeah. uh, it would tell yeah. you two or three things about a candidate if they did it in written form it would tell you if they can write or not you know, can right. this person, are they a good communicator right. by writing? And then it would give you time to reread answers. You can follow up with specific uh, questions that you want to ask, and you make sure the questions are getting asked and answered. But first, and the, the biggest point I'm making now is make this a spiritual process that mm-hmm. then is followed by the musical evaluations that you need to do. But, but it, it's got to be driven in a spiritual process. No doubt. Well, Mike, we're coming close to the end of our time. Yep. Is there just anything Yeah, else there's on your one heart? more thing I want to say about this that I think is really, really important. And this may be the most important aspect of this, is I would tell any music search committee to understand that this is not like any other kind of job search that you may have done before. Yeah. Ministerial vocational ministry is different than working at an insurance company. We need Christians working at the insurance company. Amen. <laughs> but when but when you're feeling that you may be the HR guy of your company yeah. and that's why they put that's you on why the personal you're on the search committee. committee yeah. And I want to just tell you the process of finding a ministry leader is not like any other hire that you will do in any other place. And too many of our churches, Mike, have copied the business model. They have, and this is is a pain point for me. Because let me tell you, and I'm about to give you my humble opinion, which I highly regard. (laughs) Churches make a mistake when they put out a shingle that says we're taking applications for our ministry position. Yeah, That is a huge mistake because ministry doesn't work that way. I believe ministry happens, and, and to use a Pauline or, or New Testament example, ministry the ministry call is a Macedonian call. And let me explain what I mean by that. The, the, the church in Macedonia sent word over to the apostles. Right. Send somebody over here, or you come over here. We need you. A Macedonian call is that call to come here and help us. And that's how ministry works. When when a church, I'm telling you, if I was on a search committee of a church, yeah. the resumes that show up in our inbox are the ones that I would be the most concerned about. Yeah. Because ministry is not something that an individual pursues. You don't want candidates that are pursuing your opportunity. 
Because in order for someone to pursue your job, they would have to actually be derelict in their current responsibility. Ministry is a whole heart thing. And a person that is shepherding people, you can't shepherd more than one flock. You can't do it. And a shepherd that has a flock that has now lifted his head off of his flock and is looking at the flock that's across the country or across the state or across the region to think, should I go shepherd that flock? He is actually putting at risk the very people that he is responsible to shepherd. And I'm telling you, churches that the turn this into an HR process yeah. in a now churches do should do HR processes when they're hiring administrative staff right or or facility staff or all kinds of support staff there's all kinds of times to do that but if you are pursuing a minister you do not want to put a shingle out there that says whosoever will may come yeah. because the person that responds to that is actually being derelict in their current responsibility. They are betraying their own flock in order to pursue yours. And I'm telling you, it is a recipe for disaster. You need to uh, find the person that from everything you can see from the distance, yeah. maybe it's a recommendation, maybe it's something you can observe on the internet, whatever. You've read this person's blog, whatever. That's the kind of person we need the yeah. kind of person you need is who ought to be a candidate, and not whoever calls you and convinces no you. No doubt, Mike. The search committee, sometimes I think it's like a speed dating process. Yes. Hey, hey, I'm single. I'm looking for somebody. Let's just sit down and whoever wants to stop by and talk to me for five minutes and this instead is where, of pursuing someone. And this yeah, is where I great. get that's nervous. This is where the search firm becomes a can be an issue. If you turn this over to a search firm uh, and that's all you ever do, um, you, I think you're in risk here yeah, of, of getting good. the wrong kind of uh, disposition into a ministry assignment. Use search firms to do background, to gather, to, to question, to help you clarify. Help you frame your questions. Frame, yeah. All that. Use a search firm in those ways. But don't turn a search over to a search firm because they do not have the, the spiritual responsibility of filling that role and cannot do it effectively the church has to bear that oh, responsibility. And they won't listen. They won't live with that worship leader. No, they <laughs> once, won't. once that person's hired, they're out of the equation. So, so yeah, there's a lot more we could talk about this. For We're sure. out of time. We've gone yeah, too long. Sure. But I, I hope this has been somewhat helpful. At least, at least help committees ask some good questions. Absolutely. Listen, as always, we want to learn from you. Email us worship at lifeway.com. Tell us some of the things you've learned over the years, as you might have been interviewed by search committees, uh, and 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 questions you might have been asked, questions you wish you would have been asked, and let lessons that you've learned. You can also share that at the worshiplife.com, which is our blog and where you can find the podcast. Please remember to review and rate the podcast wherever you acquire it. That just helps awareness be raised and more people to be able to join this conversation. Until next time for the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan, this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us on the Worship Life Podcast, and we'll be back together to talk about worship and music in ministry again very soon. Mm-hmm.